so we used to go to events down in um, Key Biscayne National Park, yep. which is just on the other side of Florida. We mm -hmm. were on the Gulf Coast side. Okay. Oh, this and is in Florida. Yeah, Everglades. Yeah, we're not in Philly anymore. <laughs> yeah, I thought we were in Pennsylvania. I thought you were going to pick up I the thought, Everglades. Katie, piece, don't laugh. You thought we were still in Pennsylvania yeah. too. Welcome to the Best Hour of Their Day podcast with your hosts, Jason Fernandez. And me, Jason Ackerman. With more than 20 years in the business, as both coaches and affiliate owners, our passion is to help create world-class affiliates and coaches by building better boxes. Welcome to the best hour of your day. Welcome back to best hour of their day. Fern and Ackerman, along with Giancarlo Graziani. <laughs> that was pretty good, actually. Yeah. Is that, that was, right? Yeah, that was well done. Yeah, that was, you know, Jewish and Italian are very, very similar. <laughs> are they? They're very close. <laughs> There's some okay. way back when we're all related. <laughs> okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll give you that. We're here across at Sanitas. We just had a great class. That was Fern. I was telling the camera in the dropping in episode, you'll be able to check it out, but fantastic class. Yeah, good class, but not shocked. I mean, GC's been around been around the game for a little but bit. But it's still shocking because there are plenty of CrossFit trainers that have been around a long time and do not run an effective class. Well, we'll get into why I think that class was run a while and I don't think it's, you know, shocking to me. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about his story and how he ended up here. But Yeah, yeah. let's get into it. So we're here in Boulder, Colorado right now, but you're not from this area. No, no. I moved here in uh, May. Cinco de Mayo was actually my first day coaching here. Yeah, did you guys party a lot? Those tequila shots in between? No, it was a, it was a weird first day because I was, I was staying in an Airbnb. So I moved here by myself initially, and my wife and daughter came out here in August. You had a little uh, four-month bachelor? Yeah, it was, it was harder than you can imagine. We were talking about this before, right? You know, oh, I don't uh, think that'd be hard at all. <laughs> I think that'd be really easy. What are you talking about? Well, my wife was home with, with our girl. Yeah, you, know, you didn't hard. have to watch her. That <laughs> so was easy. It was easy for me in that way. You want to ask Fern about this That's right great. now? Yeah, yeah. You should definitely do single parenting for a year. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, so I, I'm staying in an Airbnb, and I was supposed to, you know, I didn't have a car. Just flew out here, had a bike, was going to buy a car when I got here. Uh, the Uber no-showed, and so it was kind of rainy and cold. On your first day to come here, you first mean? First day to come here, I'm opening the gym 5.30 a.m. Oh, no. But let's wait. Let's take a step back. All right. Hold on. I, I finish this story. This I want to know how oh, you, you want to yeah. hear that? Okay, let's go, go into first Resiliency. Thing. Show us how this worked out. So, like, 4.45, <laughs> scheduled the Uber the night before for 4.45 pickup. That's gross. 4.45. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, you know, this is literally my... I had came here to interview in April. That, that's what I was going to ask yeah. about, but we'll right, so go back to it. We'll, we'll go back. first yeah. time, yeah. So I came here in an interview uh, in April, was here for about four or five days, coached a bunch of classes, you know, talked with Eric, talked with Melissa, the owners, and met some of the other coaches here, and then came back Cinco de Mayo, first day, Uber no-shows. It's drunk. Yeah, Hung drunk. On. Yeah, four forty-five <laughs> on a Monday morning. And how far Sunday. were you living from here at the time? I found out it's about a twenty-five minute, very fast walk. So uh, <laughs> you didn't take the bike? No, I didn't have the bike yet. I went to Costco later that day and bought a bike. Nice. Yeah, because I wasn't going to let that happen. Again. Mode of transportation. Hey, Costco listen, bicycle. There would have been people. Let's just say right now that would have just been like, "Hey, I can't make it." I would have been one of them. <laughs> hey, uh, Eric, I know it's my first day. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, the Uber didn't show. show. I'm going back to Shit. bed. Sorry. Yeah. You're like, I'm gonna get this warm up in right so now. So the Uber was set for four. 445 you didn't realize at 445 it wasn't showing what time did you realize 450 455 he's not coming uber says it's not coming so you, hey but you get a ten dollar credit for future <laughs> uber purchases yeah you're fired but you have ten dollars on Uber. yeah so you know there's always silver lining and thanks for helping me find that but, but, <laughs> so what time was that class uh, the 530 was the first class so you hustle. you yeah when I mean, you get you well, go on full-on sweat what starts to happen so i thought of it as kind of like you know i'm gonna uh walk the sidewalks and run through the intersections. And so I did that till I got here. Intervals. Intervals. I interval, you know. He interval. mommed it here. Yeah. He <laughs> mommed it here. I can't walk yet. Uh, yeah. Go. All right. <laughs> got in. I don't even remember the workout I was coaching, but everything seemed to have gone well because it's not memorable in, in any way. Was so. there a bunch of people waiting to get in? No, no. I got here in time. I got here probably 5.15, nice. 5.20. Okay. But, but yeah. I mean, that's about the time people start rolling in for a 5.30 class. Yeah. I would say that there, there may have been somebody waiting, but again, it wasn't anything that sticks out in my mind that was like, you know, oh man, I, I really messed just up play today. it cool? Did you tell anybody? No, you no, no. I just was like, like hey, what's man, up, tell, tell me where the lights are again. I don't remember where the lights are. <laughs> Do you guys ever experience this? So when I used to open at the the gym that I eventually rented, I was telling you about the court club. Mm -hmm. So I would open the gym 
you'd have to show. I forget. Maybe it was like the five a.m. Say the gym opened. You'd come in at like four forty-five, and there would be just people sitting in the parking lot. Oh no, not at my gym. Oh, uh, because this was more like a global gym, not the cross. People at cross- my gym are lazy. They show up at like six oh three for the six no. a.m. class. So they would show up, and you have to unlock the gym, turn on the lights, and all this, and they want to come in, and I was like. Locked Like The gym opens at 5 dude Like Go back to your car Like so, just so you lock the door When you walk in Yeah but you have to look Like in a, in a CrossFit gym It's weird Like This was the Globo gym So you had to open the door Lock it Cause I had to turn the lights on Turn just the locker rooms on Technically the facility's on. not open yet Correct yeah, okay. And they, they would get angry And I'm like The gym opens at Like Why are you here At 4.30 in the morning Sitting yeah. in the parking lot Yeah I, I would say that we probably Don't get a ton of people Doing that more so people rolling in as the class is starting five thirty. But that's the difference in CrossFit and a global gym, right? You're yeah. you're they know they can show up on time because you're gonna warm them up during that class. Sure, sure. So so let's take a step back. Yeah, let's you, go back to young John Carlo. Yeah. Young G C Young G C. <laughs> so let's go back to the CrossFit beginnings. Sure. When did you find CrossFit? Yeah, so I was in Philadelphia. I went to Temple. West Philadelphia, born and raised? No. On a playground? Austin, born and raised. <laughs> Most of my days. Where, where, where Austin? <laughs> nah, Boston. Oh, Boston. Boston. Yeah, Boston. Yeah, I'm from the East Coast. I'm from Boston yeah. and uh, went With to school. Wicked. Yeah, Wicked. <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. <laughs> <laughs> You'd blend up there. Yeah. <laughs> what school did you go to? Uh, Temple. Pay University. attention. Keep up. This yeah, dude's yeah. smart. You go, what you are you doing coaching CrossFit? You already brought Temple this up. Temple graduate? You said Temple? Yeah. yeah. I would have heard Temple. No, you wouldn't. You clearly didn't. Where Did you go to school? No. Yeah. I did. I did. Hard to believe. I did. I have a master's degree, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. But um, yeah. no, SUNY Albany. Okay. State yeah. school, not Austin, Temple. Austin went there too, right? Austin lived in Albany after graduating. He went to SUNY Cortland, I believe. Okay, that sounds right. Yeah, so it's yeah. a state school, but then when he graduated and started working at Albany CrossFit, because mm-hmm. his wife was living there, mm-hmm. but no, he didn't go to school there. Okay. So, um, but before, Temple's in Philadelphia? Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, to, you grew up in Boston, and then you went to Philadelphia for college? Yeah. But you were smart. That's a tough school. That's not Ivy League, is it? No, no, not Ivy League. Yeah. Is Division One basketball? They do have it. Actually, Did you play them? For a long time. Um, for a long time, they had a, no, I've never played Temple, but they, for a long time, they had a really good program. You didn't play temple because you don't like Jewish people? Uh, no, that's not why we didn't play temple, mm, but you are right. I don't like Jewish people. <laughs> he's going to get canceled one yep. day. I know he's going to finally get canceled. <laughs> so, so, sorry for derailing. Sorry for no, my partner no, here. No, no, he's not. So, so temple, what did you major in? Uh, I, it was city planning and environmental studies. So, I mean, it's a perfect fit to, for CrossFit. What do you want to do? Work like Parks and Rec, Ron Swanson? Ready. I was born ready. I'm Ron Swanson. It's so funny you say that. I don't think either of you know this. I was a national park ranger for seven years. We I did don't, not know. Yeah, that. we did not know much about you, to be fair. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> so, um, you were a park ranger? A national park ranger, yeah. I did, Where? Uh, well, so I did law enforcement. I worked in Philadelphia at Independence Hall. And then I, I did know that. I didn't know the park ranger piece. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I worked in Independence Hall as a national park ranger. Um, I thought you were like early 20s. How old are you? I'm 32. You got a lot of life crammed in those 32 years. Yeah, if you let him talk, we could get to it. <laughs> well, we got it all already. Park Ranger, law enforcement, Carlson Coach. Great episode, cool. best hour of their day. Yep, we're done. That sounds great. <laughs> so go on. Well, um, so yeah, worked in Philly for most of my career as a park ranger. Spent some time in the Everglades. Did boat patrol down there. And really? Then, yeah. How did you like that? Like airboat? Uh, uh, we were airboat, oh, like okay. real boat. Okay. Um, um, like rowboat? Like, yeah, like with rowing, yeah. <laughs> really? No, <laughs> no you're not. Uh, Everglades, no. You know what the Everglades are? Yeah, it's in Philadelphia, no? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Spot on. Keep yeah. going. Yeah. West Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, um, yeah, that was different. You know, I, I'd lived in a city my whole life, and so this was out on a boat measuring fish, yeah. you know, checking catch limits, you know, sometimes you get people boating under the influence, so we did that kind of thing. Um, what's, a, what's a worse crime? Boating under the influence or, like, taking out a fish that you're not supposed to? Boating under the influence. It's worse. Yeah, like, that's like some, drunk driving. I was going to say, it yeah, depends on... Yeah, it's DUI or BUI. You can, it's the it, same. It's a, you go through the same process. You, you know, you bring them on land. You go through, like, you know, walk and turn test, you know, one foot balance. Really? Yeah. If somebody gets a BUI... Does that impact whether or not they can drive, or is it only... Yeah. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, I mean, it doesn't seem like 
you know, a big deal. But so we used to go to events down in um, Key Biscayne National Park, yep. which is just on the other side of Florida. We mm -hmm. were on the Gulf Coast side. Okay. Oh, this and is in Florida. Yeah, Everglades. Yeah, we're not in Philly anymore. <laughs> yeah, I thought we were in Pennsylvania. I thought you were going to pick up the Everglades. Katie, piece, don't laugh. You thought we were still in Pennsylvania yeah. too. <laughs> So we, yeah, I mean, you got big, like big parties, you know, out on the water, like yacht parties, weeks like that. And I mean, people would die because, you know, you'd get run over by a boat that was like on autopilot and the captain wasn't paying attention, yeah. like wow. big yeah. yachts and, you know, running over smaller boats. And so um, we, we worked stuff like that. And then I went to Boston, was a park ranger for a little bit. And that's kind of where I had been doing CrossFit part-time coaching the entire. In Florida? Yes. Not nope. in Florida, but in Philly. And then in Boston, continued to work part-time and that's where I made a connection with um, Austin Maliolo at uh, Reebok and Denise Thomas also and so then kind of started working at Reebok for free for a little bit and transitioned into a full-time role with them over time. Yeah so just a little background so you've worked one uh, One Nation, CrossFit Reebok one and then here as well. Yeah. And, and, and then, then Philadelphia. And Philadelphia. I started okay. at uh, Fearless Athletics. Uh, okay. They had two locations, CrossFit South Philly okay. and CrossFit Penn's Landing. They're both in Philadelphia. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so you, when did you leave Florida to go back to Boston? Florida was really just about four or five months. It was the first to uh, Philly. Okay. Yeah. It was a small detail. Hey. So if we start from like start to finish, you know, went to Temple, was working in Philly, went to Florida for about four or five months, and then went to Boston. Got it. And then from Boston ended up here in Got May. It. Yeah. Okay. So, which box did you go to first in Boston? Um, Reebok. Uh, I walked into Reebok. Yeah. What yeah, brought you? Like, what was that? It wasn't just I'm leaving Florida. Yeah. You showed up there. Did you go there already? Kind of getting the application process rolling. No. So I met Austin at my level two. Um, I was originally planning to go to a level two in Philadelphia while I was working there, and then you know plans changed. We were going to move to Boston. And uh, so I said, well, I'll take my level two in Boston. That's where I met Austin. And then, you know, asked him about internship opportunities. Like, you know, hey, I just want to get involved. I'll work for free. Like, what, what do you have going on? Austin like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he just said, you know. You're, you're hired. <laughs> he said, come by. And I had also made a connection through a, a member at my old gym in Philly who knew Denise. And so I had kind of two points of contact. Who, Ashley? Uh, no, not Ashley. Oh, because no, she's me. from Phil. Remember? That's where we, uh, yeah. yeah. But then Denise and I hit it off because we had so many connections to Philadelphia. You know, Denise and I get along well, still keep in touch. She's awesome. Oh, love Denise. And Ashley's great too. And so, yeah, I had two kind of good avenues into Reebok and just started working for free. And uh, So this would have been the original Reebok, uh, location, right? Oh, no. This or was this 2018. They oh, had this like, is downtown then. They had just moved to the seaport right, right, got it. Okay. like six months ago. I've okay. never been to that one. Have you been to there? To the seaport? Yeah. Yeah. I, I never that's, went. That's where, he that's where we met. That's where oh, we met. I didn't. Oh, you guys had met. Prior so we to met this. Uh, maybe three or four years ago. Were I you working a seminar? No, I went up like a CDP. Yeah, thing. I came up there to do kind of like my onboarding for the CDP, mm -hmm. uh, and I went up there for I think two or three days, maybe, and I think that's the first time we met. Yeah. yeah. So, first impression, Austin Maliolo. <laughs> He won't watch. He doesn't watch this. Don't worry. <laughs> Austin doesn't watch podcasts. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was the level two. So, you know, I was kind of... Terrible jokes. Yeah. Terrible, terrible jokes. jokes. Awesome. I mean, now that I've seen him do a bunch of seminars, because I've been the POC for like, you know, right. 10, yeah, yeah. 20 seminars, he uses the same jokes. Oh, yeah, he, so only, he only has like six. Yeah. And they're bad jokes. They're not even good the first time. <laughs> so, I mean, he, yeah. I mean, he's got a lot of energy. He's, he's definitely passionate about what he does, and um, that, that translates to a lot of things that I do today. Definitely a mentor of mine. We keep in touch as well. Um, lot, nothing but great things to say about him as a boss, as a mentor. Um, good guy, yeah. So, so you started working for free for Austin. Mm -hmm. Did you have any other income? Did you have another job? I was still a park ranger. This, okay. Yeah, so, so I was a park ranger in Boston. Uh, but, it, you know... From Philadelphia, the, we had a really good group of guys that, you know, we're all, you know, we all were on the same page. You know, if there was a dog off leash, right? Yeah, you can write somebody a ticket for it, but it works better if you just go talk to the guy and you're like, hey, right. man, like, can you put your dog on a leash? There's a bunch of dogs and kids and it just works better, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, small level citations, we weren't doing that kind of stuff. Being nice to people works. Being nice to people work. Weird. Weird. That's weird. Can you tell, tell that to Fern? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to pick up that strategy, guys. Don't worry about it. And, and the, cr the crew in Boston, we just we weren't on the same page there. And I was also working night shift, which was, Ooh, which was rough. Terrible. Our daughter was born 
during this period. So like, so you're newborn, just not sleeping. Newborn. I, well, this was not this is a point of contention yeah. with my wife. Was like, I got home and I said, well, I, I need to have my six hours of sleep, please. Six. <laughs> I'd be like, honey, I need yeah. my twelve hours. You know that about me. <laughs> I mean, I get it. So you know, stress was high. Newborn in the house wasn't loving the job. Reebok was more obviously than just a, you know, a small business. It was Reebok, and so it was an opportunity that even though it meant leaving seven years of federal service and all the, you know, security that comes with it, it's it, it just something that made sense for me, and I'm glad I did. So you, but when you left, you were brought on, hired? Uh, I left park service, federal service for a temp role, which was like, we'll keep you for a year, and then we'll see what happens in a year. Maybe things shift, and we can go from there. But I think that's important. Like a lot of, we talk about it, coaches want this opportunity, want to do this full-time, and then don't want to take that risk or take that leap of faith. Yeah. I mean, you did it with a wife and a baby, and then you left, I'm assuming your job had benefits, a retirement package, all to be like, hey, honey, I'm going part-time. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely scary. It was something that um, financially, you know, you look at it on paper, didn't make sense. Um, But my wife saw that there was passion there. Like, I had always been coaching CrossFit part-time leading up to that point, and my heart was in it. You know, I played with the idea of doing some full-time work at the gym I was at in Philadelphia, but then right opportunity just never presented. And, uh, you know, I, I had, you know, I just kept saying, well, like, if I'm, if I'm in this setting and I can't succeed in this setting, then I don't know where I would succeed. And I, I just gave myself a shot, and it worked out pretty well. Well, it's cool that you have, like, obviously that your wife supported that. I think that's yeah. super important because that's not the case for everybody, you know, on either side, right? And then I think one thing to highlight is that I think a lot of people don't think that you can coach CrossFit for a profession. I think they, they think you have to do personal training or do some other model and you've done it successfully multiple times at this point. Now you're here. Um, and I think that's really cool. Like, and, and obviously it doesn't come without stress, but obviously you've been a big part of, you know, Reebok and then a big part of what they do here. And I think that's just, I think that's worth acknowledging for you. It's just like, if you want something, you can make it happen, but you're going to have to, you have to give up a little bit in order to make it work. Yeah, yeah, thanks. I, I definitely yeah, agree with everything you're saying right there. So uh, that's interesting. When you worked at Reebok and now here in, in Boulder, Fern mentioned, like, you, you're a full-time coach. Mm. Is that true? Like, how, what else do you do to supplement it? Is it, or, you know, maybe break down what full-time means here? Here, yeah. So um, coaching hours about 18 a week. You know, Monday that's to Friday. That's, like that's fair, a, right? That's a, that's, a, that's a decent load. I mean, like, that's a lot of coaching hours. Yeah. So, um, but it, how many days a week do you walk into the gym to, to work? Five, Monday to Friday. So Monday to Friday and yeah. then four a day? Or like, what, what five on a couple of days? Yeah, five on Monday, uh, three today, four the next three days. For reference, how many classes do you guys run here? A day, sorry. Oh, sure, yeah, uh, nine. Yeah. Okay, four. so almost half of the, the day, yeah. Yeah, okay. four, four classes in the, like a morning block of four, lunchtime at noon, and four more in the evening. So that's a good topic right there. When you are coaching five or four in that day, are yeah. you doing block schedules? Are you in the morning guy? So traditionally, yes. Um, on Mondays, I coach the noon and then the four classes in the evening. And, okay. uh, what are those four classes? It's 3.30, so and then every hour after that four straight classes yeah that's a tough that's, that's a tough that's ask tough. yeah you know after there was a period where i wasn't doing that when i started here and there were you know other coaches that were and now doing it i have a much bigger appreciation for the ask that you know i'm putting on part-timers who you know have other things that they love and do and you know families and so to come in here and do a four-hour block and then close the gym is it's a big ask yeah. It, it might fall in the category of unreasonable for a part-time, honestly. <laughs> like, just, I if think, I was to be very candid about it, like, it, it, yeah. it might be an unreasonable ask. I just don't think anyone, us included, four is a lot. Three is, like, so if it's doable. Lot, but if this is your profession, then I don't think it's that big of an ask. Four for, I'm referring consecutive more to hours. Like, I'm not talking... I mean, it, it is what it is. Like, not every day. You shouldn't... That shouldn't be the case. Like, there's bigger problems there. But the what I kind of want to come back to is the... Because um, do you guys run largely a block schedule here where, like, kind of... Like, well, to... To, to the extent you could say it is a block schedule. Is that kind of you guys to Like repeating it? week to week? Um, no, more so just like somebody has the morning and then somebody has the afternoon. No, there's definitely a lot of flexibility. Okay. Um, so like today, I coached your 9.15 that we just took. Right. I'll coach noon and then I coach 3.30. And that's it. 
So kind of like a midday that's a great, almost. Yeah, that's a good yeah. well, that's a good block. Yeah, yeah, and it allows me to be home at night. It allows me to be home in the morning and be with you know my daughter and my wife, which which is wonderful. Um, so then on Wednesday and Thursday, I coach the morning block, the first four. Right. What the five thirty? Five thirty, six thirty. Get a little break. Eight. And okay. then, then nine fifteen. See, okay. like again, that's like that thirty minute break is everything. Oh yeah, that's, that's like huge. I can you know you a you don't really have thirty minutes. Let's be honest. People no. stick around. People come in early. Yep. But go into the bathroom, drink some coffee or whatever. Like mm-hmm. just to take a deep breath. Yeah. Like that. Then it's okay to do four hours. I talk to somebody for ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Sit in your car out there. <laughs> well, so I, this is I, this is a good topic because I think. Um, because I, 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 they had a similar schedule at Reebok, correct? Or like quasi-block schedule. So many schedules. A little so less lessons. than that. But yeah, I mean, Reebok is, is kind of... They had of different genres of fitness there yeah. too, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of its own thing because we had a very captive audience. You know, it was people at work. Right. You know, it was for the employees. Right. Um, the gym closed, if I remember, at 6 every weekday. Right. Because people came nice. during work, yeah. you know, to work. They were out of there. They were done. And then they'd leave. Like, yeah. it, it wasn't a spot where people were lingering you know, for happy hours and like coming in to work out after work at 7 p.m. So it was a, it's just different schedule. Well, so the reason I bring that up is because this is what I don't, people who've not been in the grinder for a long time or know what four classes for a long duration looks and feels like, this is how you burn out coaches. So I don't think four classes is a big ask. If you're taking into account like giving them a break or making sure, and this is where I think people should be, they should f- be far more, paying attention to make like looking at a coach's work day, right? Cause we all know a, a coaching work day is not a normal work day. It's not eight hours of coaching is not an eight hour work day. Mm-hmm. That's a 14 hour day. Um, and looking at block scheduling so that you can give people a break Yeah, or be like, Hey, maybe you do the morning or you have that middle block. And then, then you come in the next morning for the early morning, but then you're done by noon or something like that. But they're still getting a ton of hours on the floor, but they're fresh. They're ready to come back in. They're ready to get after it because I want my coaches to be engaging them on the floor. But if you're coaching eight hours a day, you're not good. Well, even if you're good, you're not good at that point. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Cause I put up that post, like coaches shouldn't coach three classes. And yes, there are exceptions to the rule. A, if you get that break, that, that's like, you're not coaching three in a row, but also if that's your only thing you're responsible for all day, you have other responsibilities here that we want to get into. Mm-hmm. But if like, yeah, if I only had to work four hours a day and it was four straight hours of coaching, that's easy because I'm done the rest of the day. Right. But most coaches and most other people that do it part-time have other obligations work-related, right. not in life. But right. So it just becomes challenging. And I'll tell you what, too, I think a lot of the coaches that don't think that's a challenge are not coaching right. the way GC just coached right, right. or yeah. you and I would coach. Yeah. Where, like, you gave us all of your energy. And, like, it it's like a video game, right? Like, yeah, you can get a pellet and maybe get a little back, but you're never getting full again. I need a power back. Yeah. 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 Where's that mushroom when I need it? <laughs> so, so on that, let's, I want to go back to Reebok for a minute. So just with your development at there as a coach, number one, so obviously Denise and, and was James there when you were there? James. No, James wasn't there, but I mean, he's very, you know, he was around. around. Yeah, okay. yeah. Connor Murphy was there, Kevin yep. O'Connell and, um, Zathan? Yeah. Zathan was not there. No. Okay. Um, those were the those were the big CrossFit coaches. I want to make sure I'm not missing anybody. Um, you know, and then there were some other folks that kind of came and went briefly. But, but yeah. yeah, that that was pretty much the yeah. four of them that were always there. Like solid crew, number one, yep, just yeah. like really good. Coaches. All seminars. Well, not yeah. all, but four of them. Right. Uh, J- well, James, Connor, um, Denise, and uh, and Austin. Yeah. yeah, so. yeah. Um, but question: You can only choose one, Denise or Austin. <laughs> What are we doing? Sophie's choice. Doesn't matter. Sophie's yeah, yeah. choice. <laughs> I gotta go, Denise. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. I think it really takes. That's Denise. three for three. Yeah. I mean, Denise. Denise would go out and get food with me at a restaurant. Austin, like you said, we talked about this before. We're going to Whole Foods. Whole Foods. Hey, hey, don't knock the Whole Foods dinner trip. So, but I, I do want to talk about kind of your development as a coach. So you come in there and you're you're kind of interning and working for free. Um, well, how would you gauge your coaching skill at that point when you start there? You know, I I thought I was good. You know, I was definitely. Um, a little green, uh, greener than I thought I was. Um, I had been coaching a lot, you know, I thought I was, you know, it was like seven hours a week part-time for about four or five years. Um, you know, so that Still, adds up. It is a lot of coaching. It adds up. It was enough to, you know, uh, feel like I wanted to get my level two. And then, you know, I already had the hours for my level three. I got mm. that, you know, six months later. Okay. So what was that? What was, tell me the times, level one, date? 2011. Level okay. two? 2015 or 
No, that couldn't have been right. I got my level one in 2013. Okay. Level two in 2018. So and then, five years there. Yeah. Okay. And then level three in 2019. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so you're a level three when you show up there? No, within six months of being okay, there. Okay, very shortly thereafter. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. So what's, that, so what's that development look like? So hey, first and foremost, that's unique. Right, to walk into that facility and have somebody like Denise Thomas, who her super skill is developing coaches, like yeah. just straight up, like that's what yeah. she's super passionate about. Obviously, you got Austin in there. How does that? How does that feel to you when you're in there coaching on the floor? And then, what does that progression look like? You know, every day you're you're learning something, even if you don't want to. You know, just by <laughs> I think that's a big. I think it's a big part of it. Yeah, you know, like. You take class, right? You know, everybody's taking class. Everybody's um, coaching class. Everybody's involved. The people that are coming in. You know, I was able to be a fly on the wall for probably 15 level one seminars. So, like, just kind of hearing over and over the the methodology, the, the lectures, you know, watching how squat groups and press groups are broken out and how they're taught. And then, you know, Denise and Austin, all, Connor, all of them were, were just so generous in their time. You know, if it was like, Hey, I, I kind of, you know, at the time I was toying with the idea of being on seminar staff. And so, you know, we would do squat breakouts and, you know, you know, run us through that, you know, or like even in the class, like, you know, warm up the group. We're doing back squats today. Warm them up with the, uh, you know, air squat, you know, break that out. And then let's, let's, let's practice that. Do it in three minutes. Let's see what you can do. Ooh, see what you can do. I like that. So, you know, they were so generous with their time outside of the hours that I was coaching or, you know, doing whatever I had to do that, you know, it, it was like a really fast track to, to improving yeah. in ways that I didn't even know I was deficient. That's really cool. I mean, that, I just remember like, I'm starting to think of a lot, like, so Megan was there for a while too. Mm-hmm. Um, th- that's just, that was just like a development hub. Yeah. Joe Maisley came out that's of right. there. That's right, Joe Maisley. Greg was Martino there. too. Greg Martino was there for mm-hmm. a while. Yep. Lachlan McGonigal. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Forget about that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Basically, right, cool. a ton of people that made it on seminar staff right. came from, I mean, where else would you, there was, that's like the minor leagues, right? There was no other place where you would go. To have five, six, seven people on oh, staff no. and develop. Well, Boston was was so saturated with red shirts for there for a while oh, before yeah. they kind of like scattered. But I mean, there was a ton of people there. So, um, so uh, how much? Like, so you uh, that's a lot of informal development. Sure. And yeah. then what kind of what kind of because people always ask us, they're like, hey, you know, I wanted to develop my coaches. What kind of stuff are you guys doing? I don't say officially, but like structured wise. Structured wise, I don't know that there was you know anything specifically structured. You know, Denise would. Denise was in charge. If you kind of think about it this way, like Austin was in charge of the facility, right? right. We were more than just CrossFit. We offered spin classes, yoga classes, uh, Les Mills classes. We had a large open gym space with traditional like Planet Fitness right. uh, machines. And Some like hit classes too. It was too. a boxing ring. Oh, yeah, that's right. Hit classes. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff going on. Austin oversaw all of it. Denise was in charge of everything CrossFit. Right. Connor was in charge of everything not CrossFit. And that was kind of the tree and everybody fell down from there. So Denise was really keen on lesson plans and uh, briefs. So like programming would come out on, you know, say the Friday and, you know, a coach would have until that Monday night, you know, because we were basically Monday to Friday. This is the other unique thing about Reebok. Nobody's going to the office Saturday, Sunday. We were a five-day operation. So, you know, by Monday on a rotating schedule, the coach would basically write a brief like, all right, here's what we're looking at timeline wise. Here's the kind of athletes that might push the six minute mark. Here's the athletes that are more like a nine minute athlete. Here's where the, you know, the, the pitfalls are in the workout. Make sure that you cover this, um, you know, just kind of like a, a brief for the workout. And then that was a rotating thing that we would do. And like I said, she was keen on lesson plans and really drove that home. I had never written a lesson plan until I started at Reebok. Um, so there, those were the, probably the two big things that were like uh, structured. Okay. I mean, that lesson plans are a thing, like DT lesson plans, and, like, she oh, nerds yeah. she nerds out. Like, if you want to learn lesson plans, like, she's who you go to. Do you still yeah. do them? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> what do you guys follow here, So programming? We have um, uh, one of our coaches, Faisal, and he writes our programming. He's been doing that. He's, he's going to school right now at CU, and he's been writing our programming. He, we phased from CAP into his programming in the last, well, maybe about two months ago, and he's been writing it fully for about a month now. Okay. Interesting. That's an interesting. Does he? That's just he. Just likes to nerd out on. on Loves it. He okay. he has an internship coming up in the spring with the uh, CU football team. Got it. And uh, I mean that's what he's 
studying at school and I mean he's super passionate about it and uh he's, he's probably a kinesiology major or like you know a, I don't think he is I think he's a, a psych major to be honest oh okay yeah but maybe he's a minor in kinesiology right but I, I think it's good if someone's interested in doing the programming at the box I'm all for it right I think the pricing of Cassidy, most of the Cassidy writes all of right ours. and I think that's great the pricing of programming these days is at the right place where you definitely have to crunch some numbers and figure out like we get a lot with for example, cap, lesson plans, briefs, et cetera. How much time is it taking Faisal to do that versus just hiring out? Like that's something I'm sure. You, are you in charge of that decision? Of the programming? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it's something that, you know, whenever I make decisions like that, I usually chat with Josh. He's our GM. And Melissa, who's, you know, Melissa and uh, Eric Rose are the, the two owners. But uh, Melissa is really the one who's hands-on day-to-day. And so Melissa, Josh, and I are the one making those decisions as a team. And it just comes down to what's best for our members and the member experience. And I had an interesting chat with him. He was at Front Range. Who's him? Yeah, uh, Josh, the GM. Which is if you want, if you. Oh, want that's to, Josh. That was in class with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize. So okay, he, I didn't realize. So he, he moved up here and then like w- like went to a gym and that fell through and then he w- and then he went to Front Range. Which if you are not familiar with that, I haven't heard, uh, when he said that I was like, wow, my, I had to go in the Wayback Machine for that. If you want some old school journal stuff, wait, like two thousand eight nine Front Range was like that. Were, they were one of the first affiliates. Skip. Skip. Not anymore. Yeah, but that's right. Skip. Yeah, but not anymore. But they had a bunch. They were they were always featured in the article. Old, yeah, yeah, all old videos and stuff like that. That's that's like old school stuff right there. I was like, I was like, that's you got a little little CrossFit history there, dude. That's cool. One of the first ten affiliates. I don't know what number was, but they were one of the first. Wow. Yeah. So uh, now that I understand, Josh is the GM. Yeah. What uh, what other roles and responsibilities do you have here outside of you know the eighteen hours of coaching? Yeah. So. Most of my week, you know, if I'm not coaching, is spent, uh, you know, with the member experience, whether it's, you know, developing, um, onboarding, you know, processes for getting coaches on board, um, writing our foundations, you know, on-ramp foundations, like our initial, you know, one-on-one sessions that we do with members when they're coming in. So how do you guys do that, just out of curiosity? So we do two sessions, two personal training sessions, one with Josh, one with myself. Okay. Um, You know, we, we... we think that having two relationships with people who are here every day is better than, you know, twice as much time with me or, or right. with him. So we try and schedule it. So one, one's with him, one's with me. Um, they're 60-minute sessions. Uh, same every time? Same session every time. Yeah. And is one yours or do you guys go back and forth with which one you run? We, we flip-flop. It's, yeah. it's basically a scheduling thing. Like yeah. if he can take it, he takes it. If he ends up doing two, it's not ideal, but it happens. But it but you're not like, I'm, this is my day, this is his day. No, you're both no, no. Yeah, we just kind of work together. Capable yeah. of coaching either. That's yeah, cool. give and take. And um, so that's part of it. Um, you know, the member experience, again, going back to that, like planning events, executing on events, you know, whether it's, I just started a book club. Um, and what book are you reading? We're reading Atomic Habits. Best hour. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> best hour of their day, maybe. If you, yeah. you know what? When you're ready, I'm going to donate those books. Whoever oh, needs... That's, that's a, he'll, nice he'll, he'll, he'll lead the group. I will lead... <laughs> he, I will, will, he will read the book to the group. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down, guys. It's book time. Everybody grab a pillow. That sounds great. But yeah. Atomic Habits is great. James Clear. Yeah. Friend and I like that book. That's a great yeah. book. It's the second time reading it. And, you know, we, we're doing like a, an initial like New Year clean challenge right now. You know, let's dial in our habits. Right. You know, that kind of thing. And so this fit in with that really nicely. We've tried to make this challenge a lot about habit building, less about like, you know, the nuts and bolts of like what we're eating and how much water we're drinking and how often we're training. It's like, let's just talk about the habit of like a habit and just figure out what needs to be done to make that habit easier and accessible. And so, um, you know, it's, it's been, it's been good so far. It's been a, I think we're like two weeks in, we've got about two more weeks to go. I think that's a way better approach to that whole thing. Yeah, I've, I've found it, I found it really, um, really rewarding, um, to also, like, I was able to lead a, uh, kind of like a goal setting workshop where, you know, we're tracking, you know, these things that we're telling you to track, like how often you're coming to the gym, you know, what you're eating, how much water you're drinking, your sleep, 
but the goal setting workshop was all about like, let's make something, let's define something that's meaningful to you outside of this. You know, if you want to spend an hour with your daughter a day or, no, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I'm going to do less. <laughs> well then if that's your goal is to do less then yep. you know, and that's rewarding. We can build it in. We can build it in. Honey, I have a new habit. It's spending less time <laughs> yeah. with our daughter. I've checked the box eight days in a row. <laughs> Killing it right now. So um, that was that was really you know something I've never done before. Led that kind of group and defining what a goal would be, and um, so that's been that's been rewarding. And uh, yeah, anything else related to the member experience? I have my hands in a lot of different things. I'm trying and struggling lately, mostly with kind of pulling back and trusting the team to do what they need to do because we got a lot of really capable, passionate people here, and I need to do better with kind of letting them. Uh, just give them the reins, you know, and step back. How many coaches are here? So Josh is full-time. He's our GM. Then we have Zach uh, Chavez, who is full-time as well, strictly coaching. And then he does a lot of our facility stuff. Um, he's super handy. So he's like the perfect guy. He'll, he'll like fix a rower in, in 15 minutes. And, you know, all I'm doing is changing batteries. So he's, he's full-time. And then we have two other uh, – well, one other – part-time Lori Cooper. She does six classes a week. That's who we met when we came in initially. I yeah, think. she yeah, took yeah. classes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did her level two. She did say that, yeah. yeah. She, she'd met you before. Um, and then we have a couple other uh, periphery people like Josh Plunkett. He is our photographer and also coaches a couple hours. Faisal, uh, who I mentioned, is writing our programming. He's just getting back into school. He's a senior at CU, and so he's kind of working his school schedule and getting back in. He does some personal training here as well. And then um, we're onboarding a new coach, uh, Quinn, as well. And uh, so that kind of rounds us out as far as I know. I want to make sure I'm not missing anybody. That's a big staff. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a balancing act and trying to figure out, like, you know, I'm sure you both have a ton of experience with this, balancing full-time staff that are, like, all in. This is my career. This is where I want to be versus having three full-time staff and no flexibility with like somebody needs to take a break, somebody's right. on vacation. Well, Fern deals with that well because he's got, you know, three full-timers, maybe a fourth now actually, right? Well, four including me. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I don't even count but, me anymore. But then part-timers, is, I think it sounds like you have a good balance. You need both. You need the, yeah. I can rely on GC, I can rely on uh, John, but... Josh. It, Josh. Yeah. But if you go away, like the team doesn't get smashed. We got some part-timers that can pick up a class or two. Well, I yeah. think what's important that you've kind of discussed here, but what highlight is like, what you've said without saying is that you, you have people in the business that own roles or pillars of the business. So like yours is member experience. Obviously Josh is, you know, he's the GM. So he's kind of the managing, you got Faisal who's doing programming. That's how I think you make it work. People have to, it, it, it doesn't work if everybody owns everything because yeah. then everybody does nothing. So people have to have ownership because it creates accountability. It can, it creates pride. And then you can start to plug in the part-timers and just keep them in the loop about who's in charge of what and just on they as long as your part-timers understand processes procedures culture it's easy to plug those people in and if you got three full-timers i think for most full for most affiliates if you had three full-timers and then you have like three to four part-timers who collectively might coach 30 classes a month that's all you would ever need and that's probably more than most actually need at least for some time like i could see the owner a full-timer Two or three part-timers. And then as you grow. I mean, especially, would you say there were seven classes a day? Nine. Nine? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what, 45 a week plus weekends. You need that. But one thing that you said earlier that I don't want to get overlooked, a lot of people will say, the only way for coaches to survive in this world is to do personal training. And I haven't heard much of that. You mentioned, you know, here and there, a couple of the part-timers will do one or two sessions, but you're not subsidizing your income with one-on-one, you're a CrossFit coach. Do you guys have personal training? We'll just ask that question. We do, yeah. Okay. Yeah, of course. I mean, you, that, I'm, we're not suggesting don't offer it, but the point is you're not working 20 hours a week doing personal training to make up for the income you're not generating. You, you have a role here that you're getting paid to do. If you want to do a few training sessions a week because clients want that, that's one thing, but it's not the priority. No, it's not. And that, I'm very clear with coaches about that. Melissa was very clear when she brought me on, uh, you know, with that was the uh, idea that, you know, I'm here to coach the classes and coaches are hired to coach classes. And, you know, if you have a personal training client that has a time confliction with when you're coaching, you're going to coach the class. You're not going to ask me to have that class covered. Oh, yeah. And so there, there's been clarity on that from the very start when I got hired. Yeah. And so, um, 
and personally, like I had a personal training business um, uh, that I was doing with, you know, I, I did tennis lessons and personal training before I moved out here. And so like, it's not something that I'm, you know, is, is new to me or, you know, I don't have experience with. Um, I learned a ton about coaching because uh, I'm sure you guys have done this. If you can keep engaged with somebody, one person for one hour, like it, when, when you suddenly have five or 10 people in a class, it's like, well, there's plenty to do now. Yeah, that's easy. Which, which one do you feel is more of an energy drain, coaching 10 people or coaching one? It depends on who the people are, honestly. Fair that's enough. That's a good point. Right. But I, I, I would, any day of the week, prefer class. One-on-one yeah. -on -one is mind-numbing to me. Yeah, I think, I think you, can, you can find good people in class to like pull energy from, too. How, how was our energy? Did you... Yeah, I've been pulling. I apologize for Fern. Altitude, he's struggling a little bit. I, like, I brought hey, it, you know, I brought that's it what, today. That's what great coaches do. He's like, listen, I'm going to make it work regardless of what you two clowns got going on. <laughs> but it's, um, yeah, I mean, we do personal training. Um, I think, yeah, it's, it's something that uh, Faisal does, does a lot of um, right now, but it's uh, – you know, we don't have much of a nutrition program. I've been playing around with the idea of kind of building that out a little bit, and that would be more on, like, a one-on-one -on -one basis. Um, but, yeah, at this point, it's, it's, my income is based on my, my hours here, and uh, there's no uh, side job or anything like that. The nutrition, is that something you're considering doing? It's, it's honestly, I haven't even brought this up to Melissa, but I need to get we some... Can, she's going to listen to this. She's going to bring it up. This, yeah. we're Melissa, we're starting a, a nutrition she's program. She's a big fan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I like the idea of um, nutrition being... In, in, I mean, it is an important part of, of, of what we you do know, Some here. may say it's the foundation. <laughs> so I don't know. Say, I don't know if that's Maybe the, the base of it. I, mean, I don't know if you the, took your level you're three. You're the level three. No, it's down there. I believe if you turn around and you read Fitness in 100 Words. It's right next to the throwing and weightlifting. Yeah, no, but the uh, but if I was with regard to that, that might be the most like if you were gonna get like a fully functioning pillar of nutrition in your business, that one might, in my experience, be the most important to have somebody who completely owns that, and they need to love nutrition. Otherwise, they will get burned out in months. Yeah, that's good advice because honestly, I I'm really just in the very initial stage of like you know looking where I need to get some CEUs for my level three and thinking, well, let me kind of broaden a little bit. Let me learn about some nutrition, you Mix know, the, tactics. Uh, spending decisions here because we have something called Affiliate U. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I'd like to talk to Melissa or maybe it's Josh about that. The, but the nutrition thing, that one, they need to eat, sleep, and breathe. The, second, the classes should be secondary if you're going to bring in somebody for that. They, yeah. they're, like, you need to push them full force into the nutrition piece and just mm -hmm. give them all the resources to stand that up because they will crush it yeah. if you give them the bandwidth to do that. Do you have nutrition at Rife? We have not for years because of that, but one of uh, we're getting ready to build it out, but finally found the right person about a member for like five years. She, two years ago, she got, um, her, she's an RD now. Mm -hmm. And so I let her do her own thing for a little while. So she'd get her feet wet. And then now we're building that, but it's, it's, I'm going to give her all the resources for that. Um, but that's her thing. She loves nutrition. That's yeah. what she wants to do. Um, but it's not going to be something I do because it's not my jam. Like I don't want to do it. It's definitely not your jam. <laughs> no, you definitely based not. Based on that, Coca-Cola you drank yeah. yesterday. Speaking of the chubby here, yeah, it's coming from the chubby guy. So it's got to be healthy. <laughs> I mean, the Rock says yeah. if you know, if no, you but smell it's just, what the Rock is thinking. I think. people i think people throw that that the whole nutrition i doubt that yeah they're just way too flippantly and it's yeah. annoying to me because i don't think people understand the the magnitude of like running a good nutrition program how exhausting and how time consuming it is the content you need to produce how invested that person needs to be in, in the organization that needs to be involved with that like somebody who's doing that on the side yeah they're gonna hate it very, very i mean talking like eat you uh, know own what's your own your pizza or something on like your that? pizzas yeah. right yeah <laughs> What, what is that? Oh, and you're eating eat, yeah. 16 CUs if yeah. you need it for the yeah. level three. Though. Oh, that's a, that's a, that's pretty hefty. 16. Yeah. Okay. 16. So. You have to listen to me talk. Um, <laughs> what do you think that's going to add to the bottom uh, line? Um, I, I honestly don't care. The point is, I want to do it well. If we do it well, then it won't matter. It'll take care of itself. But it, but the business will benefit. For sure. Yeah. yeah no, well, you want to create you want to create right. a win win. So I want her to get you know obviously fair shake for her time and services and her qualification quite 
quite frankly. But then I want it to be an additional offering that we have. So I, I look at everything through the lens of like, I want people to get whatever they need inside the building. I don't want them to have to go anywhere. Recovery, nutrition, weightlifting, personal training, group class, like whatever. I want you to walk in here and have to go no further. Yeah, that takes time. Like it's not easy to find a lot of those people. How many years have you been uh, an affiliate? Um, we just had 12 years in October. Okay. But you didn't start like that. I mean, no, we were a complete yeah. shit show for the first, uh, probably seven or 11 and a half. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Until last <laughs> we week. We pulled yeah. it together in the last yeah. six months. Yeah. Until yeah. 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 year. But, I want to go back and, and tell me about that journey to the level three. Sure, yeah. Uh, so, you know, the level of coaching at Reebok is unparalleled, you know, at that time. Connor, Denise, Austin, Kevin O'Connell, all three of them at that point had their level threes. Austin and Denise, their level fours. Wait, what? We'll go back. I don't think that's true. Why that, wouldn't that be true? Does Austin have his level four? Yeah, him and Denise. Why wouldn't he? Because it hasn't been around since he's taken the, he might have gotten that one time that they offered it to test it. I don't know. Because you couldn't have gotten your level four without going through the old level two like I did. Austin, you're a poser. That's yeah, what I do. I'm just saying. I, I, you know, I'm very, I like to keep things to the facts on this podcast, and oh, I feel man. like you misspoke. Is that yeah, what you're about? Probably. Facts? I'm about facts. New I'm year, about the you. truth. New okay. year, new you. Starting now. Uh, I'll own it. I misspoke. No, no. no. You, Austin may have his level four. You're right about that, but it's a fake one. I mean, <laughs> the, you finally said it. It's not his, real. His is fake. Oh, got it. <laughs> the, um, I mean, so there, was, there wasn't pressure or anything. It was more just like my wanting to, you know, prove that I was, you know, the, the coach that belonged there. And so... Um, you know, was pretty soon after uh, getting hired, you know, leaving the National Park Service. So that must have been in January that I left Park Service and started uh, full-time at Reebok on that temp position. I was like, okay, well, you know, kind of took a look at the curriculum for the level three, you know, videos, articles, level one, level two manual, masters, kids, like, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, how many... I want to read through it like maybe two times for sure and then repeat some of the things I'm a little shaky on. So I gave myself, you know, you set the date, Mm -hmm. you you know, you book the test date and, you know, that's kind of set. So I set that to be in May. I think it was like June 3rd. Yeah, sometime late May, early June. And this was in January now. So I gave myself like five, six months and said, okay, I'm just going to do that. And so basically every day uh, when I woke up, I'd spend about 30 to 40 minutes just kind of working through curriculum, did it again, and then reviewed some of the stuff I was a little shaky on. And you passed your first time? Mm-hmm. Nice. Wow, congrats. Congrats. It's good. Yeah, thank you. And you mentioned earlier also you considered getting on staff. Is that still something you're interested in? It, you know, it, it still interests me as far as the job description, and, you know, it's it's something that I know I would love. I, I know I would, but um, my commitment, it, you know, I'm not committed to being away from my family, you know. It is a time suck. One weekend, two weekends, three weekends, certainly not. Like, it's just, it's too much for me at this point. Um, I like having balance. I I still like the idea of being on seminar staff, maybe at a future date. But um, at this point, like, just being with my wife and daughter on weekends is is more valuable to me and more fulfilling than, uh, you know, going and and coaching. And going back to kind of like some of my job roles here, I do find a lot of fulfillment in coach development here Mm -hmm. so like every other monday we do a meeting where it's like you know maybe we'll do some admin stuff you know here are the things we have going on this is you know what i want you talking to members about you know maybe we'll do a team workout maybe we'll do some coach development and that's kind of all uh within about an hour and a half you know sometimes we do more of one or the other but doing coach development is something that I, i love doing and um you know like i was able to be a fly on the wall for a lot of cdps as well at reebok and and that's really where, you know, you start hearing, you know, you get exposure to, like, developing as a coach uh, more so than, like, in the level one curriculum. Um, you yeah, know, CDP is, like, a whole another level. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, Denise just, you know, with, like, she'd have, like, three or four CDP people there. James would come in. Austin would be running, you know, classes with them. You know, watch them coach a class, hear the feedback they're getting from the class, watch them put it into practice in the next class, and just – you know, rinse and repeat with like three or four different people coming from, you know, around the world to, to, to learn from them. And uh, so that's something that is something that I love doing and I get to do here as well. Well, you know, when, when you 
When we decided to come here, you, one of the things you wanted is some feedback on your class. Oh, I'd love it. Yeah, let's put it on air. You wanna, can Please we do it on do. air? Can we record this? Should, yeah. we, should probably come for me because you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, I, uh, no, go ahead. No, I, I mean, we, we've, you know, if you, the dropping an episode is already out, you, people will see a lot of the stuff we were talking about. But, you know, f- overall, I thought you did a phenomenal job. I, th- I would tell on the camera that was probably one of the best coach classes that Fern and I have taken you know, since dropping in all over the country. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't shocked. Specifically for the, yeah, for the show here. But again, like, that, that wasn't shocking to me. Like, I knew coming from Reebok and being with James, like, that's just, that's what's expected. Yeah, but not shocking. Like, you can't and, run a shitty and class actually, over there. Like, you're going to hear about it. Yeah. yeah. You could not be shocked, which I don't think either of us were, but also still impressed. It, here, here's what I thought went really well, at least from, like, as a, as a participant. It's just casual, but professional. And timely, like being able to put those three pieces together, I think is uh, is an this is the art portion of coaching, right? So you have the the structure, the science behind it, and then there's the art, which is like to take all of that and put it together in a seamless fashion. Like so, whiteboard brief was concise. You put it together. We were moving within sixty seconds after that. Yeah, that whiteboard brief. Like I was like, cool. I get to chill. You know, we just woke up. You know, and I'm like, oh damn, I got to move already. And What's then, going on? And then from that point, which part, I mean, I don't know if people would have picked up, but I picked up and immediately like the the pace at which you were moving around the room was really efficient. Like you weren't, you weren't, it wasn't, um, it didn't feel rushed, but like you definitely made it to every single person in that class multiple times during that hour for a specific one-on-one interaction, which yeah. is, which is hard to do. So it's, um, yeah, thanks. I mean, there's definitely things that I, you know, look back, I'm like, I could have done better, but, uh, yeah, I felt pretty good about how it went. I feel like I brought, brought some good energy. It's the first class of the day. Right. You know, that you coached? Yeah, today so was, was the first, first class, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, all that was great. So, self-eval, real quick. I always think this is valuable. If you were going to run that back again, what would you change about it? You know, I think uh, maybe a little more time on the rower. I feel like... I, that was I think, exactly uh, the feedback I would have given you. Yeah, I, I don't think we got to the rower a lot, but I wanted to make sure people understood the tempo on the deadlifts and the split squats. Those aren't movements. I mean, we deadlift, yeah, but we don't deadlift with tempo often, and... Split squat certainly isn't something we do a ton of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then add, add a tempo to it. So there's, a, there's some moving pieces there. Uh, I feel like I spend a little too much time at the whiteboard sometimes. Maybe get a little wordy. I, I thought the whiteboard today, was yeah, fine. I, if, if you were going to switch that around, the, um, the only thing I would like where if I was looking at the lesson plan where I would have squeezed it was taking maybe a little bit off of the kind of uh, PVC pipe barbell and maybe like two to three minutes, just pulled it out of there and put it there. That's it. That's okay. the only change I would have made. Yeah, and, and the reason and I that's think... Not, and that's not a change you would have had to made, but if you're telling me that's, hey, I felt like I would have... That's immediately where I would have squeezed it from and put it over there. Yeah, right. and... and for me, because that workout, you know, for, so for reference, 50 Russian swings, 50 box jump overs, 500 meter row, that was the hardest part of the workout, right? Oh, yeah, so if you would have, sure. like, given a couple tips on, like, you know, it's 500, you know, go this pace, sprint the end type of thing, like, that would have been probably where I could have added added to it. And here's the other thing. You, you said this was your first class. When you brief the workout, the Russian swings, you're like, maybe you have to break it once or twice. In my mind, I was like... No. Yeah. That's an unbroken movement, especially at the load. It's 53 pounds for men, 35 for women. But that happens sometimes in your first class. Like, you just look at it, make a quick assumption. It's 50 reps. Like, we have to break it. And then once you see a class, like, if I were to brief that a second time, I'd have been like, challenge yourselves to go unbroken. I know you yeah. said that a couple of times. Yeah. But, you know, challenge yourself to go unbroken on these get through the box jumps, and then sprint, sprint the row. Thank you, yeah. Here's what I think is important, though, about, and this is what I think all, most good coaches do, is that self-evaluation. It's just mm-hmm. like, if I asked you what you change, immediately you can, you can think of something immediately, like, hey, I would have I changed that. I would have I tweaked it, and I would have done it. Do you, do you coach other classes? Uh, Today? Yeah, two more. Yeah, so yeah. then I'm, you I'm probably make one of those changes, yeah. you know, or, or think like, hey, I'm going to try it a little bit different way. But I think that's what a lot of people don't do, is they don't go in with an intention, and they don't, they don't do any real-time kind of feedback on themselves to just toy around with it. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch the order of that, just see what happens, and just yeah. see which one I like more. Because that's yeah. how you yeah. grow. Like, if that was how you coach forever, like, you would be a very good coach. Yeah. But now it's, you know, level three, level two, level one, it doesn't matter, like, how do you just get better? You have to provide that self-evaluation for yourself there. And I think once you see a class, now you put that into into practice. But I thought overall, oh, I thought it was a great like, class. yeah, pretty pretty spot on. One thing I loved, and I said it to the camera, was the wad buildup. Yep. And it made me think too, like oftentimes wad buildup to me is like you get to feel what it feels like. I get my eyes on you one more time. 
a watt buildup also gives your athletes confidence. Yeah. Because when I picked up that bell and you were like 10 unbroken and then 10 box jumps over, I was like, this feels pretty good. And, you know, the same thing happened yesterday at Watchtower with Kevin Ogar. We were doing swings. And if you would have just been like, Jay, get ready, we're going to do this workout, I would have been like 53 for the kettlebell yesterday. Mm-hmm. But I was like, huh, I just did a few swings. It felt good. I'm going to go 70. Yeah. And today when you said that, I was like, okay, this is going to be, like, I'm going to go, like, Katie and I were next to each other. I was like, I'm going unbroken on these. Yeah. And it's like, but that wad buildup is what let me feel that. So I really like that. Yeah, it's always, you know, I, I, I didn't come up with this idea. I've heard it from guys like you and mentors of mine hundreds of times, but taking class is always super helpful when you're planning out your class. And so I, I had done the 8 a.m. I was starting, you know, I was in that 8 a.m. class, and then you all came in, and so I, I got tied up, you know, we ruined it for you guys. Yeah, you ruined it because <laughs> we, I got to do the deadlifts and the split squats and then, you know, you two rolled in. So I was like, well, all right, so I'll go chat with you a little bit. And then, um, didn't get to do that sprint piece, but knowing how I felt, I was like, I'm not ready to sprint yet. So I figured building in a little bit of time there might make sense. And I'm glad. It, it, it and helped. that was great. Cause yeah, if you would have went right from that strength portion to the workout, I would have felt cold. Yeah. Like I didn't get my heart rate up. Like, Mm-hmm. And I think that's some, there's a reason, but you can only do that if you're running an efficient hour. Yeah, yeah. It, we we write plans for every class, right? So just like, you know, you, you got the, I think it's in the level two manual. Is that where you find that kind of template? Mm-hmm. The lesson the timeline, plan, yeah. Oh, template. yeah, there's there's in both courses, there's yeah. one in there, yep. Anyway, we, we kind of follow that, or at least I follow that, and, you know, kind of push the coaches to do something similar to that, yeah. you know, and... Uh, so you, you, I mean, you can look at it. You can ask me, and this is why, like, open gym, you know, if somebody's like, hey, when are you going to turn the music up? I want to drop a barbell. I'm like, uh, probably about 25 minutes, yeah. maybe 30 minutes in. Like, I'm going to turn the music up, and you can do what you want to do, cycle a barbell, and you won't disrupt what's going on. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, but then if if I'm looking at the clock, I mean, it's a, you know it's going to be six to nine minutes, so you got to start at a certain time in order right. for it to finish. Exactly. Yep. If, if I'm looking and there's 20 minutes left and we haven't, you know, stopped split squatting yet, we're going to, something's going to change. Right. Yeah. That's cool. I'll throw one other thing. in. if I was going to give one more piece of feedback, yeah, please. there was no cool down. So maybe we just started chatting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and and that was cool though, too. Yeah. Like it felt very chill, which I liked. Hey, mm-hmm. you know, go, you know, give someone a fist bump. I, I like that at the end of class, yeah. you know, weird that we're wearing masks, but you're telling everybody to fist bump each other. But mm-hmm. you know, that's a Fern thing. I let Fern fist handle bump that. <laughs> well, no, it's like we're <laughs> no. wearing masks, but we, you know, we're well, fist bumping. I invented the fist bump. But um, um. <laughs> no, I think you know, it could have just been a quick, hey, gather around. We're gonna, you know, low back after the deadlifts, yeah. maybe a couple forward folds. Well, I think that's. Uh, I was actually wanted to come back to that because you brought up, you know, when you were in the class and then you kind of pulled out to come talk to us. And I don't, I don't think this topic has anything to do with us, but I do think that is important to acknowledge that what you saw there, at least what I think you saw is probably like, a, this is a customer service thing. Like, yeah. I'm going to go talk to people. Like, that's my job. Yeah. And that's kind of what I wanted to, that's probably how you approach the members. You're like, hey, like, it's important that we chat and we have a connection here. And it might be more important that we do that right now in this instance for this class rather than do a little cool down. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. I think it's super valuable. And that's kind of what I wanted to maybe even wrap up with, but like, so you're the member, like, is it member experience? Is that what it, or so, is? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of where all of our focus is, but if you were to, yeah, kind of describe what it is I do, it's, it's keeping the members in here. And, so and retention and growth. Okay. Yeah. So we'll call it retention and growth. So you, and we were talking a little bit earlier um, this morning, just about like, you guys have seen some pretty, some pretty decent growth this year. Can yeah. you, can you, what, is there something that you guys can, obviously you can't say like, this is exactly why it happened, but like, yeah. what would you attribute that to? You know, if, if you were to kind of pull some of the things that I think we've done in the last year or so that have influenced our growth, I think you look at like the, the consistency in the coaching. I think we've definitely leveled up um, the experience in the 60 minutes that you're right. with us. Um, so people who come in, you know, and are brand new to this and intimidated, they're not leaving, you know, so we're keeping members longer. And, um, you know, that experience in the class, whether it's like, you know, recognizing that somebody's new and, and giving them an appropriate scaling or just kind of making a small connection with them, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's, uh, you know, Josh and I running the initial on-ramp, you know, foundation session with them and then shooting out a text to the, the, the team, you know, mm-hmm. like, hey, keep an eye out for, for Fern. He was a D1 basketball coach. He's got a great head of hair. Uh, likes to think he's still an athlete. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, we accurate. Can, yeah. <laughs> we can, you know, then somebody sees me and they're like, Let me they're dream. like, oh yeah, yeah, that's Fern. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's from, he's lives in Virginia. And so yeah. like, you know, there's, there's, 
there's good rapport already kind of built in and um you know it's it's been uh there's been good continuity and, and good working relationship with josh and i we, we work really closely together melissa's involved a lot and um it's you know like of course over all of this is covid right so like right some people come back some people don't come back uh, right but my point is that you guys have seen growth in that time of yeah. of what you could consider like constriction yeah uh under under you know a ton of restrictions mm-hmm. but what you're what you're highlighting there and this is what i really want people to take away from this is you the way you grow your gym is you provide a better product and service like that's how you grow your affiliate it's not by facebook ads or running challenges or any of that shit do better at your thing right and it sounds like that's what you're focused on it's like hey you're talking about like making sure the the 60 minutes in there in that class is better than it was yesterday yeah. right and to eat the small tweak and stuff like that making it the best hour of their day and i think that is largely overlooked people are just like well i got to do some special super secret thing yeah. rather than just doubling down and and really putting a microscope on what is that we do here and how can we like the text thing like that's not an insignificant thing that you mentioned like getting the team looped in on that how many gyms do that not enough is the answer, but making sure that everybody knows so that when I come in and I'm intimidated, but the next day I come in and that new coach that I have not met yet has context on whom I am. And is just like, Oh, what's up Fern? Like, you know, GC told me about you. Like, it's cool to me. I'm like, cool. Like now I'm more comfortable here yeah. at which point my experience will probably extend much, much longer. That's how you create a fantastic affiliate. Yeah. Well, and just to double down on that, some boxes do it, but it often looks like, hey, he's Fern joined, he's had an ankle injury. But what did GC say? Hey, Fern joined, great head of hair, Division One basketball player. You Where know? he's from. Like, you know, like, yeah. Right. So now all of a sudden, oh, I used to live in Virginia. Oh, I used to play basketball. Like, that's how you make those connections. And the, the sooner you make those, the longer those members will right. stay because immediately they're entrenched in the community. So it's not just like, hey, watch out for Fern's hip. That's important. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Yeah. But what are some of the – or, you know – Hey, you know, maybe you know a coach that also played basketball, also for Virginia, and then you have a great coaching staff that you're developing that wants to make those connections. So you're yeah. doing the good job up top, and then it trickles down. But I'll tell you what, Eric, Melissa, direct correlation. GC shows up, what happens? <laughs> Membership through the roof. <laughs> through the roof. Through the roof. Yeah. And you're going to see, once we bring the best hour of their day book here, book club... <laughs> Membership's probably going to double. Work with affiliate you triple. It's never ending. It's never yeah. ending. Yeah, I mean, we could be at like eight eight hundred members at this time next year. Eight, if you're not at a thousand members after working with us, we've not done our job. How many uh, yet today? Uh, members that yeah. came in. I mean, if you look at the no, whiteboard, no, no, no. Oh, membership over as a whole. Oh, we're we're at about two eighty five. I think two eighty five. Yeah, we'll start, get you to five thousand members. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, I mean, yeah. look at that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So on that note, like, um, like moving forward, like, do you guys have goals? Have you guys to set, like, do you guys sit down with either Melissa or you and Josh and, and, and so like, Hey, here's kind of what we want to achieve as far as like membership numbers or just, I know maybe not that exact thing, but like, here's the growth that we would like to experience yeah. in whatever means you quantify it. Yeah. You know, um, we, Josh does a lot of these, these kind of like metrics, right? Mm-hmm. And so like week in, week out, he's kind of keeping a, a, an eye on like where our members are going, why they're either leaving right. or changing their mind and. Um, so he's, he's tracking all of that, you know, like how long, uh, members are, are staying with us, right. you know, like the, the average lifetime of a member right. and all those kind of, uh, you know, metrics that kind of have a, it's a little bit of a lagging indicator, but, you know, has an effect on, uh, you know, what we're doing and why we're doing the things we do. Um, we don't have any, like, you know, we have pre COVID numbers, but I don't know that that's even accurate anymore. We're talking like almost two years ago right. before I was here, like what, you know, the, the, the environment was just very different. Like, right. I think at this point, there's people who will just never come back that, you know, it's were, probably accurate. were excellent members and loved this, but just have yeah, people bought equipment. Maybe they're working on it. Are you guys, is, the, is yeah. the total, is the total member, is that above or below? Uh, like where you're at currently, is that above or it's, below? It's higher than, than where we are now. Wow. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. So there's still, there's still definitely potential and room for growth. And I think, um, I think we're doing a, a good job of kind of, uh, setting ourselves apart from some of the other gyms locally here in Boulder as far as what we're doing, you know, and, and how classes are run. And so, you know, we know that we're not the perfect product for everybody, but it's, you know, this is what we do. And, and I think we're kind of doing a better job defining it and staying with, within that, uh, within our lane and, and just letting the people who want to come and be a part of it do that. That's cool. That's cool. Well, listen, man, I, I think this is, uh, <coughs> excuse me, it's COVID. Um, it's not. Um, 
No, I think this is a cool story, and this is part of why we do this, just to kind of expose people like, hey, you, you can do this for a living, and you can come in, and you can have a lot of fulfillment like you've talked about, and you can you know, and build a team like you guys are doing here. And I think this is really cool. Um, if you guys are in the, you know, the, the Boulder area, like come check it out. Um, but thanks for having us, dude. This is really this fun. Is it's good to catch up. Yeah. yeah. Great class. Great meeting you. Look forward to swinging by more often. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're local. I got to come work out in your garage gym sometime. Uh, we're oh, full. we should roll. We're full. <laughs> you know, we should get out on the jujitsu mat. We can, we can so. roll, but our gym is full. We have a hundred percent capacity. It's a one person gym, huh? <laughs> two, right. two, but yeah. yeah. Awesome. Thanks yeah. for having us, dude. Appreciate thanks for coming, guys. Yep. Appreciate it. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Best Hour of Their Day podcast. We appreciate you listening and choosing to have us help you in your passion for coaching and affiliate ownership. You can find more episodes just like this on all podcast platforms. If you're interested in learning more, you can reach out to us on any social media platforms or you can visit www.besthouroftheirday.com to book a call. If you found this episode helpful for you, please share it so that we can help other coaches and affiliate owners to help build a bigger and stronger CrossFit community. Thanks for listening.